hours where we didn't see another person, where I was able to stand, you know, kind of tucked behind a waterfall taking pictures and there was no one else there. It was, it was really wonderful. Um, but at this Cedar Falls, we had this really beautiful experience. There's an older couple. Uh, they'd been married for 60 years. So they were, you know, in their late 70s, early 80s, I'm guessing. Um, and they had come down from the parking lot and they were standing there and they were wearing kind of hiking gear. It was obviously that, that they were outdoors people. And we started chatting with them, looking at this gorgeous waterfall that might as well have been in Hawaii. And I said, so how long have you been married? And they said, 60 years next month. And I said, what's the secret to your success? Because James and I have been married for almost 30 years. And they said, keep doing stuff like this. And I was like, you know what? That's amazing. We are going to keep doing stuff like this. Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Jeremy. Authors of Where Should We Camp Next, a 50-state guide to amazing campgrounds and other unique outdoor accommodations. Almost 12 years ago, we bought a pop-up camper that changed our lives and introduced us to the joys of RV travel. Join us now as we talk about where to camp, what gear to bring, and the best food to cook. We will also keep you dialed in to the latest RV innovations from people in the know. So pull up a chair and join us around the digital campfire. This is the RV Atlas. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the RV Atlas. Today, I am thrilled to have back on the podcast my friend Ellen Brody. And Ellen is going to be giving us a terrific and detailed overview of Hocking Hills State Park in Ohio. She's going to give us all the details we need about the campground, and she's going to talk about the park in general and give us an overview of the park and all of the great things to do in the park, including lots of great hikes and a lot more than just hikes. Now, I think that Hocking Hills State Park flies under the radar for many Americans. It is certainly well known in Ohio. I think it is very well known across the Midwest. But I think that a lot of people in the East Coast and the West Coast, frankly, have not heard of Hocking Hills State Park. And I think that it is truly a major, major destination for an RV trip. And this episode is going to give you everything you need to know to plan an awesome trip and to go there yourselves in your own RV. So I'm pumped to have Ellen on the show. I cannot wait to dive into this great content. But before we do so, we have a sponsored message from our friends at the Maryland Department of Tourism. You know what's great about Maryland? When you explore our many scenic byways, you find more. Like fresh crabs and local oysters around the Chesapeake Bay, served up at breathtaking waterfront seafood spots. You find the freedom to paddle through, boat on, and cannonball into this nation's most beautiful waterways. You find a trail system that's second to none, chock full of insta-worthy overlooks, ideal fly fishing areas, and picturesque pathways. You find stories and landmarks that transcend history books, like the birthplace of Harriet Tubman and sites along the Underground Railroad. Maybe you're headed west for the breweries, vineyards, and charming mountain towns. Maybe you're going east to the ocean sandy beaches. Or maybe you're interested in one of the many vibrant historic city centers in between. Whichever direction you're traveling, there's always a way to see do, taste, and enjoy more. Find a byway. Now is the time. Maryland is the place. Explore byway details and plan your trip at visitmaryland.org. That's visitmaryland.org. 
Welcome back to the show, Ellen Brody. How are you? And how is Free to the Airstream? Oh, Free to the Airstream is great. We've been spending as much time in her as possible. We had some um, maintenance issues earlier in the year, so we kind of missed the month of July. But we are back in and sadly looking toward the end of our camping season. But we just have been having such a great time. Well, yeah, I've been following you. It does look like you got a lot of, of trips in in recent months. Yes, we did. We did. And we went out to the Hocking Hills in Ohio and we're just blown away. Well, I have to say, before we move into Hocking Hill State Park, and you're going to give us an awesome review of Hocking Hill State Park, I didn't think that Airstreams had maintenance issues. What, what, what happened, if oh, you don't mind me asking? Well, what happened was our awning broke. And Jeremy, our awning broke about a week after you and I did the Go RVing segment, where I talked about how much I love our awning. And, you know, as we all know, the awning isn't just a vanity piece of equipment. When you're in a long metal tube, it's actually a necessary piece of equipment. And there were times where we couldn't get the awning to retract. And we have a power awning. So more motors, more problems. Um, And our dealer couldn't figure it out. And we luckily had purchased an extended warranty when we bought the rig. And it definitely paid off. And I have to give, you know, our Airstream dealer, um, Colonial Airstream, a lot of credit. They would not stop trying to fix it. We would drive down there in South Jersey. They would fix it. We would drive away and something would happen in the three-hour trip back up to our campground. And it no longer worked. And we brought it back down and they would try to fix it. And for some people, that sounds crazy, but it took four trips down um, to Colonial for them to finally decide, all right, we are literally going to rebuild this. And they did. And it's been working beautifully. Well, that's really great to hear. I'm sorry that you had the problem, but I do like to hear dealer success stories because there's so many dealer nightmare stories out there. And those are the, absolutely, uh, was absolutely. That a Zipti awning? I'm trying to remember from when I've, I it's visited with you. It's a Zipti awning. It's a, right. it's a beautiful power Zipti awning. It's called the Relax Awning. And uh, it didn't bring us so much relax this year, um, but now that it's been fixed and working perfectly, um, we're back to loving it. Well, listen, the next time you're at Colonial, and I don't wish you any more service issues, <laughs> we need to meet for coffee because it is only like 30 minutes away from my house. Absolutely. I have to laugh. Our wonderful service manager woman, I don't think she's a manager, but our service person, said to me when we drove away for the last time, she said, you're both very nice people. I never want to see you again. And we're like, we feel the same way. Well, it's a, it's a haul for you. We're back down at Colonial. But if we are back down there, I'll let you know. Okay. Let's dive into your review of Hocking Hill State Park. And we've got so much to talk about. When you reached out and said, hey, you know, I went to Hocking Hills. It was amazing. We need to review this on the podcast. I was like, yes, yes, yes. So um, this is, you know, everybody I think is going to be excited to hear about this place. Because I think a lot of RVers have heard about it in the back of their their minds, sort of. And then they just don't get out to Ohio to, to really visit. And I know you loved it. So break it down for us in terms of location. Where is Hocking Hill State Park? So Hocking Hill State Park is in a county called Hocking County, which is about 50 miles southeast of Columbus. So if you're coming from the Columbus area, you definitely already know about Hocking Hills. But if you're from outside of Ohio and you might be in the area in Columbus, um, it's not a far drive at all. Um, it's the, the area itself is just our approach to the park was so beautiful. I mean, they don't call it Hocking Hills 
for nothing. These gorgeous, gorgeous rolling hills. The corn was high. The sky was blue. It was, you know, kind of this idealized, um, like, Midwestern experience for us as New Yorkers. We were there the week leading out of Labor Day, so the weather was um, had been spectacular. It had rained a couple days earlier, so you know that crisp weather you get after some real rain? We were able to enjoy that, and it was fabulous. And it's not just a state park, is that correct? It's sort of a, a combination yeah, of it's, properties? it's interesting. Yeah, you think about it as, you know, Hocking Hills State Park, but it's actually a combination of a state park and there's state forest and state preserve. Um, it's, a, it's a broad area because when you go and you say, I'm going to Hocking Hills to go to the state park to do some hiking or to do camping, you're really thinking about visiting these seven major geological formations or areas, caves and gorges and waterfalls, and they're, they're spread out. Um, so some you can hike from one to the other and then others to see other sections of it. You actually have to get in the car and drive, you know, 15 minutes this way, 20 minutes that way. Um, but it's just all this general area. And, you, you know, there, it's a kind of a famous park for hiking and you're doing such a nice job kind of bringing it to life visually, but it's not mountain hiking, correct? Right. It's not, it's not mountain. It's not going, you know, up to the you know, the White Mountains in New Hampshire, or it's not going, you know, out west, that type of hiking, you're really um, going to see boulders or caves or gorgeous waterfalls and gorges. I mean, there's a section of it, it kind of gave me um, Watkins Glen vibes at first, where it's everything's incredibly, that's in a state park in New York. Um, it's everything's very lush and very wet and verdant from, you know, all the waterfalls and the gorges and the ferns and the, the light. Um, it's, it's, it's just getting from feature to feature is just a delight in and of itself, but it's definitely not you're climbing up 5,000 feet for a gorgeous view of the Adirondack Mountains off in the distance. It's not that type of hiking. Okay. So we're a bit situated. I think we can picture what it looks like. We know where it is geographically. Give give us a sense of uh, just an overview of your trip that you took to this area. Yeah. So we actually, we came in from New York. We live just north of New York City and we were in Ohio because we wanted to go check out the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We've never been. We have an Airstream. Hey, let's go. Um, But we're not going to drive all the way, you know, out to Ohio and just, you know, stay in one, in one city. Um, Excuse me, Cleveland's not a little city. uh, In one city and um, not explore more of what the state has to offer. And I had um, I knew about Hocking Hills, just kind of the phrase Hocking Hills in the back of my mind. Um, and we looked up, we've got this National Geographic State Park book and read the review of Hocking Hills in there and thought, oh, yeah, we have to do this. We then went over to your book, Jeremy, uh, Where Should We Camp Next, and saw that write up about Hocking Hills, um, which was really valuable for us because in that book you mentioned um, needing to bring some level- leveling equipment, which was true. Um, and we said, you know what, time to really look into this. And we were able to book a site. I imagine that we were able to book a site, uh, not too, without too much difficulty because we were there after Labor Day, you know, uh, emptiness life forever, which is a beautiful thing. Um, and so we were able to enjoy kind of that shoulder season of camping. Um, and, uh, off we went. So we spent a couple days exploring Cleveland. We stayed outside of Cleveland 
at Punderson State Park, which is a fine state park. Um, we were able to do some uh, stand-up paddle boarding, um, and it was close to Cleveland, which was nice. We were able to explore Cuyahoga Valley National Park for a day doing a little hiking there, which is a national park between Cleveland and Akron. Um, and then after three nights at Punderson, we made the drive down to the Hocking Hills, which was about a three and a half or four hour drive from Cleveland. Um, and uh, it was uh, an eight night trip um, for us. But if had we had just gone to the Hocking Hills and it was in season, we could have easily spent eight nights in that area alone. A couple comments. I mean, it's just what a great time of year to travel anywhere, right? Right after schools, you know, school has started for yep. the kids. So if you're trying to go to like a popular destination and you can do it after the kids start school across the country, you're more likely to get a site. And then you mentioned the stand-up paddleboarding. And now you and your husband share a stand-up paddleboard, right? And you you, no. you paddle it together. Yeah, right. We'd like to stay married. No, we have two independent stand-up paddleboards. We have the inflatable ones. Their body glove. We got them at Costco a couple of years ago. Um, and you want to know who inspired us to try stand-up paddleboarding? Uh, tell me. You, Jeremy Puglisi. You, Jeremy Puglisi. Oh, I, that makes me uh, very happy. It's really true. And we love, love, love it. It's just a great way to get out on water. And it's, if you have any level of balance, it's really not hard. Um, we invested in a uh, uh, an air compressor made specifically for the board, so it only goes up to like 15 or 16 psi, and it makes a huge difference inflating them. And we can bring the boards with us wherever we go. Those inflatables are so cool for RVing, and they and you can get good ones now. They're 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 not yes. junk. And I really appreciate that you said that it's not super hard. So if you're looking to kind of add a uh, hobby to your RV repertoire, uh, getting inflatable SUPs is, I think, a real a really really good way to go. And I, I think it's one of those things that looks hard and then actually really isn't that hard. Absolutely, you have to have some level of balance. Um, and not be afraid to get wet if you fall in. But we're never paddle boarding in an area when we always wear um, uh, personal flotation devices. We've actually just upgraded to waist belt ones because um, we're never we're not doing any open water paddle boarding. And if we do, it'll be like on a bay side of something. Um, and it's just it just adds such another level. You know, we've got our bikes that we bring with us. We love to hike, but sometimes you want to get out on water and this is how we do it. You guys are living the Airstream life. All right, we digress. Let's get into the <laughs> let's get into the nitty-gritty on Hocking Hill State Park because there's a lot you want to share. So so give us an overview of this really fantastic park and the campground. Yeah, so you know, it's interesting. I was thinking a lot about the Poconos as I was at Hocking Hills um, in just in terms of the seasonality and the types of things to do and the ways to stay. You know, in the Hocking Hills, you can stay at the Hocking Hills State Park like we did. Large campground, pretty bare bones, um, but it's, it's right there um, at the trails, which is phenomenal. But there are also so many private campgrounds. There's a KOA maybe five minutes away from the entrance to the state park. There was another independent, completely independent, um, non-franchise-based campground, you know, another five minutes further down the road. There are cabins you can rent. There are villas. There are inns. There are overnight spas. There are lo uh, lodges. 
I think I read that there are something like over 800 cabins available to rent in the area. Um, so there's just a wide range of ways to be able to get to that area and enjoy it. But of course, as Airstream owners, you know, and, and we love state parks. That's always the first type of park that we look for. When we saw that there was a state park with a campground, that's where we were going to stay. All right, so like how uh, big? The campground itself. Yeah, go ahead, please. Right? Oh, no. So the campground itself um, was built in the 50s. So it's pretty. Um, it's a pretty typical state park campground. Um, a, a lot of the sites do have electric. Some of the sites were uh, full hookup with um, sewer. Um, our site was just uh, electric and no water. Um, there is a beautiful pool that's actually there at the campground, but it was closed as of Labor Day, so we weren't um, able to take advantage of it. But I thought, wow, this that was a really nice um, pool. Huge umbrellas. It's right across from the area where you can do laundry. So it would be a great way. You do some hiking during the morning or the afternoon, and then you go back and you do the pool. You go to the pool and you do your laundry. It looked like it would have been great. Um, you know, the self service was eh, but we have um, a booster, so we were able to get enough connectivity to send out a couple texts and make some calls. Um, our site, mostly, they're concrete pads next to grassy areas, and many of these pads were level side to side but not front to back. So we have two sets of Anderson levelers and we usually only have to use one on one side of the rig. On this one, we were really grateful to be able to use both so we could really lift up the back of the Airstream to get completely level. And once we were level, we were level and solid. It's nice to camp on a nice, solid concrete pad. That's for sure. That is such a clutch product. Um, are, we, we, we use those Anderson yeah, levelers for, unless you have like a really massive fifth wheel or something that, that could actually break them. Those are, those are, that's a great product. And they came in handy for yeah, your Hawking we, Hills. They did. And we've been really happy with them and we're glad we invested in a second set because you don't need it often, but when you need them, it's, it's good to have. Um, there are 165 sites. Uh, so it's, it's big. It doesn't feel big. There are two kind of main branches to the campground. Um, and then in one section of the campground, there are three cabins. And I was chatting with the camp host and he said, you want to see the cabins? I was like, sure, of course I want to see the cabins. And they're, they're really wonderful. They're, they're bare bones in that you have to bring in all of your stuff. You know, you'd have to bring in cookware. And if you wanted to use their little tiny kitchen, they've got You'd have to bring in your own sheets and towels, but they have air conditioning, heat. They're super clean. They have beautiful front porches with Adirondack chairs. One of them um, is ADA compliant. And it was just really interesting to see how those cabins work. There's a whole other section of the park that was all cabins that were owned by the state park until very recently. And a private enterprise came in and bought all those cabins and they're being turned into kind of glamping cabins where you don't have to bring anything. You're just there and you're able to enjoy the park with um, just by staying in one of these beautiful cabins. And that's, you know, we, um, we do also, our, we do our cabin trips and we always like it when it actually comes with the bedding and it comes with all the cookware. So you don't have to drag all that stuff or if sure, you're flying into sure. a location. Yeah. All right. What else absolutely, do we need to know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So at the skate park, um, there are, there were some vault toilets, which were not, that lovely and not that well maintained to be honest with you but there is also there the shower house on either side of these two man, main flanks that have uh flush toilets and 
showers. Um, there is an amphitheater there for ranger talks, and there are uh, two dump stations. There's one dump station down at the bottom where you check in at the beginning of the park because the campsite is up, up, up a hill. And then up at the top where the campground is, there is uh, a double-sided dump station, which I've never seen. So it helps people, you know, you can dump twice as many rigs at the same time, um, which was great. Cause it's, a, it's a pretty big uh, campground with, you know, over 100 sites. Um, I would definitely recommend um, not, not staying at a couple of sites, uh, which the only thing I would recommend is just to stay away from the water treatment area, which is near the pool. Um, and those were, where are those sites? Sites 28 through 33. Um, nothing smelled, nothing was unattractive to look at, but there was a constant noise. Um, so definitely stay away from those. And then if you're looking at the campground map, um, there are some weird big water towers at the end of the cul-de-sac turnarounds at the very far end of each of the flanks. So that wouldn't be my ideal place to stay is under a water tower. It just kind of is very jarring visually. Um, but other than that, um, the sites, the sites were, were pretty great. And you liked your site. Um, there we did. We really liked our site. So we were in site, I think it was two or three. Hold on for one second. I'm trying to, oh, we liked our site, which was site number three. And what we liked about that, that was on the right flank as you pull into the campground. Um, and what was so great about our site was it was in a little bit of an, of a crescent off of the main road in the campground. And um, it, we have solar panels on our roof. So there wasn't a lot of, there's not a lot of privacy in this little crescent, that's for sure. This seemed to be a newer part of the campground. Um, there weren't trees between sites, but without trees, it means that we were also able to take advantage of our solar panels. But we were also just one site away from a trail that leads down to the visitor center and to one of the main tra hiking trails. So it was just so great to be able to do some hiking straight from the campground and not have to get in the car and drive around. Huge benefit um, of a state park, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Just one more thing I do want to say. If I were to choose, if I were to go back again, I would definitely stay in the right main branch of the campground as opposed to the left. The left side, it did feel a little older and there was some more privacy over there, but there were some branches off of that left flank road that felt very, very crowded. Like even though there was more trees, I definitely felt like there was less space per camper. So if you're looking at the map, I would recommend going toward the right, going toward the pool side as opposed to the other side. Um, and then the, yeah, I mean, just being able to camp or to hike straight out of that campground was really a huge treat. Although it is down the hill to the visitor center and the trail. But when you come home, it's back up the hill and it's not even a quarter of a mile but um, you're going to be driving little kids back up there. That's for sure. You, you, ju you just reminded me of Dark Hollow Falls at Shenandoah National Park. Like, I, 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 yeah, yeah, I don't like to go down first and then have to end the hike by coming back up. There's like, there's, like no reward there. Well, that was an awesome, know, like, boots on the ground review of this campground. Such great detail. So many great tips to help everyone, like, not just, you know, go to Hocking Hill State Park, but also pinpoint your site. Now, you've got a lot more for us about the park, and we're going to talk about the seven major 
major geological features of Hocking Hill State Park. But before we do so, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Thetford. Did you know that Thetford's Porta Potty is the original and best portable toilet? It is designed with a modern appearance, an ergonomic carrying handle, a standard lid latch, and it is durable and easy to use. There is also a removable seat and cover for easy cleaning. It also has an exclusive rotating pour-out spout, a piston pump flush, and its sealed valves keeps odors in the holding tank. Its easy-to-read level indicator tells when it's time to empty. A deodorant sample is included, and Thetford's Porta Potty comes with a three-year warranty. For easy transportation or storage, also make sure to check out the Porta Potty carrying bag. Thetford also recommends using liquid holding tank solution like Aquamax Summer Cypress Scent in your Porta Potty. Due to the size of the Porta Potty, the liquid will get the job done faster. To view their complete lineup of products, please visit thetford.com. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are here with Ellen Brody, who you can follow on Instagram at Free to the Airstream. And uh, also, you could see the episode of my Go RVing show that I did with Ellen called Six Things That I Love About My RV uh, at, on Go RVing's YouTube channel. But today, we're talking about Hocking Hill State Park. And Ellen, you just gave us such a great detailed overview of the campground. Um, but as you mentioned right at the beginning, this is a state park that is really known for some unique geological features. That's kind of why people go and why it's it's a famous park, at least famous in the Midwest regionally. Uh, I'm surprised it's not more famous nationally. Uh, so walk us through these seven major geological features of the park, please. I, absolutely. So the one that's closest to the visitor center, and by the way, that visitor center is amazing. It's super helpful rangers, um, a really wonderful immersive exhibit that would take, shows you all of the seven sections of the park and what you can expect there. And that exhibit is kind of built like on a 3D little tiny mountain. So I saw lots of little kids running up and down the ramps, really enjoying it. It's just a really wonderful visitor center. Um, but the, the feature that is probably uh, the most famous is Old Man's Cave. And if you've ever been to Watkins Glen State Park, for example, in New York, it's a similar feeling where they route you in one direction. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. That was a COVID era change they made to the park. They were really trying to keep traffic flowing and foot traffic flowing in one direction. But you find yourself very quickly and very easily in this beautiful, uh, lush, area with waterfalls and cliff overhangs. The legend is there was an old man who was a hermit who lived in the cave, and they call it Old Man's Cave. But it's more than just walking into a cave. It's this whole, about a mile and a half long trail that is a wonderful introduction to the types of experiences you're going to have at the park. Um, from Old Man's Cave, you're able to go down to what's called Lower Falls. and you know, when you look at the map that the state park ranger will give you, this is listed kind of as a moderate, quote unquote, hike. It's really not moderate in that you're climbing in a lot of vertical ascent or descent. It's not that. It's that there are, and throughout the entire park in the area, there are stone steps that might take you from one level to another. And they're really well-worn. Um, you might have to duck under a cave ledge. 
And so you have to have some level of mobility to be able to do that. Um, if you're in sneakers for Old Man's Cave, that's probably one of the only two or three of the features I would say it's kind of okay to do in sneakers. Um, just because you want to be able to make sure that you've got a really great grip. Um, and if it had been raining like it had been before we got there, some things were still slick and wet. But, I mean, Old Man's Cave is just this, you feel like you're in New, like 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 in Middle Earth or in the Shire or something. I mean, I was posting pictures on Instagram and my friends were like, we didn't know you were in New Zealand. Or that waterfall looks like Hawaii. I was like, I am in Ohio and you should be in Ohio too. Um, it's just, it was just that beautiful. That should be the really new. That should be the new tagline for the state tourism board. <laughs> I'm in Ohio, I'm not, I'm not and you should be too. <laughs> right? Oh, that yes, it's true. It really was true. I mean, a number of friends of mine from New York who said, "You're going where? Huh? What? Hocking Hills in Ohio?" The number of my friends from the Midwest who heard that I was going to Hocking Hills in Ohio, they were all like, "Oh my gosh, it's spectacularly beautiful." So. There's just, it's like what you don't know, you don't know. People yeah, in Ohio don't great. like, don't talk it up enough. Like, like if Hocking Hills State Park was in New Jersey, none of us would shut up about it ever. You know, you know, Jeremy, it's really funny because I was thinking about this conversation with you and I was thinking about, you know, if I were from Ohio, I would be of two minds when it came to the Hocking Hills. I would want to shout about it from the rooftop, be so proud of it, right? It's just so spectacular. But I would also want to keep it just to myself because I imagine on holiday weekends or in the summer, that place gets crowded. Um, so it's kind of a catch 22. But we're here to tell. We're here to tell about it to everybody. I think it's, a lot yeah. of humans do both. I think a lot of humans do shout about the things they love and then simultaneously get grouchy and want to keep it to themselves. Because I think exactly. we, we all exactly. contradict ourselves so much. So, okay, that's Old Man's Cave. Take us to yeah. Cedar Falls. Yes. And one, one other thing I do want to mention about Old Man's Cave, is it's one of the, there are a few features that really make a very strong, concerted, and really positive effort for accessibility, um, to not have any type of accessibility problems. So if you have, um, you know, you need some mobility accessibility opportunities, you're able to, you know, take your scooter or take a stroller or take a wheelchair um, on a little trail from the park office down to Old Man's Cave to see a part of it, which is really great to see. That's so very, very Cedar good to Fall, hear. Yeah, it's, some of it you can't, but some of it they, they make a really great opportunity. So Cedar Falls, um, you can get to by hiking in like we did from uh, the main part of the campground, or you can drive to the parking lot near Cedar Falls, which is a short walk um, down to the falls. Our hike took us through a chasm that was lined with steep rock walls, with grottos and waterfalls, and we are early hikers, and we, I mean, we get out early in the day, and again, it was right after Labor Day, so there were hours where we didn't see another person where I was able to stand, you know, kind of tucked behind a waterfall taking pictures and there was no one else there. It was, it was really wonderful. Um, but at this Cedar Falls, we had this really beautiful experience. There's an older couple, uh, they'd been married for 60 years. So they were, you know, in their late seventies, early eighties, I'm guessing. Um, and they had come down from the parking lot and they were standing there and they were, we're in kind of hiking here. It was obviously that, that they were outdoors people. And we started chatting with them, looking at this gorgeous waterfall 
that might as well have been in Hawaii. And I said, so how long have you been married? And they said, 60 years next month. And I said, what's the secret to your success? Because James and I have been married for almost 30 years. And they said, keep doing stuff like this. And I was like, you know what? That's amazing. We are going to keep doing stuff like this. And it was just this wonderful, wonderful moment. Um, but to that waterfall, this will always hold kind of a special place in our, in our memory because of that couple. And it was gorgeous. Well, you know, it's, it's such a key part of the magic of travel to me is not just the places, but the interactions you can have with people. And I, I just always have to remind myself to open myself up to those exchanges and those, those small conversations that can become very, very meaningful. Cause sometimes I don't want to talk to anybody when I'm traveling. Um, but oh, then sure. I think that you, you miss something when you don't. Well, and I think that you, you know, when the time is right, we could just tell you know, we saw ourselves in them 30 years down the road and there they were in their hiking boots and with their hiking poles. And it was clear that they didn't hike in the way we did, that they came down from the parking lot, which was a little trail, but they so just enjoyed it. And we were all together looking at this beautiful waterfall. The entire area is sandstone. And so at the base of these waterfalls and in these caves, there's sand beaches. You're in the middle of a, it looks like a grotto. You're in the middle of the woods in Ohio with a waterfall and the sanded bottom pool of clear water and the morning sun streaming in. And you just can't believe what you're looking at. It's just to be able to share that experience with someone else who you're not traveling with just makes the experience all the more rich for us. That's for sure. Awesome. That's okay. Sure. What is our next yeah. geological so feature? Next, uh, next on our next is Whispering Cave, um, which you do have to hike into as a part of a loop from either Cedar Falls or Old Man's Cave. And it's just it was just another lovely waterfall and a lovely grotto and a lovely cave. We always hike um, no matter what we're doing in waterproof boots and just for extra ankle support. Um, but it also allowed us to, because there's a lot of water, because it had been raining before we got there, to really step into the pool behind the waterfall, take some great pictures. And it was just lovely. We came across a young family um, who were hiking as we had left Whispering Cave. And they had two young kids who were, I don't know, she was 11 and he was nine. And uh, these are the two kids. And they were hiking, and I could tell that those kids, because we've got, I've got two kids, 25 and 21. I know what two exhausted, you know, tweens look like. And we started, because we talked to everyone, we started chatting with that family. And the little boy said to me, is it worth it? And I said, I promise you, where you're going is worth it. And his, his older sister rolled her eyes, and I said, and I would not lie to you, because I know that face. It's worth it. And they were heading to Whispering Cave. And I said, you're going to be able to stand behind a waterfall. And their face lit up. We ran into them the next day at a different feature. And they said, it was worth it. It was worth it. It was worth it. It was such a great experience. It was great. So beautiful, um, lovely little waterfall and cave. But you can really like experience it and get behind it. Well, well, you know, in, in, well, in a sense, in a sense, you're like the the trail angel, and that older couple was the trail angel for you, and 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 that is part of the tradition <laughs> of hiking is that you you do want to pass on a little wisdom or a little information or a little inspiration on the trail. 
a little encouragement, a little wisdom. You know, they're not my kids, so I can josh around with them all day long. They weren't annoying me. You know, it's just, you know, we've all, it's like human experience, right? Everybody else's kids are great to chat with. Um, it was, yeah, it was fun. And it was so funny to run into them the next day. And as we ran into them the next day and kind of parted ways, I was like, I'll see you again tomorrow. But we didn't because we were leaving. Um, but yeah, it was, it's great. I love seeing kids out on the trail and, I know the looks when they're tired and they don't know where they're going. They don't know what to expect. So I just wanted to give everybody a little break and say, it's worth it. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Right, let, let's keep um, going ourselves. We have more yeah. geological features. Which one's next? We do. So the next one is Ash Cave. And it's interesting because James and I almost blew it off because I think it's a quarter of a mile trail into to go see Ash Cave. And we're more like, I'm not going to hike a quarter of a mile to see a cave. Like, Come on. I was like, oh, no, we, 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 how could we not? How could we not? It would have been such a myth for us to have blown this one off. You're on a quarter of a mile, super flat trail in. Um, this is one that is very mobility accessible for sure. And you come around a bend, and what you see in front of us is a massive, massive open cave. It's 90 feet tall. The rear wall lies a hundred feet deep. I, I, I mean, you could it could probably take you sixty seconds, which is a long time when you're walking along, maybe a minute and a half, to walk along the entire length of it. But again, this is a sandstone area, so there's this massive sandy area under a huge overhang of a cave, and it took our breath away. And I thought, oh my gosh, if you're here in the area visiting with young kids. Be prepared to have two hours of your life spent there because it's just like a massive sandbox playground under this huge open cave. It, it really took our breath away. Um, you're able to then hike up, you know, walk up some stone steps to above to the top section of the cave and walk along the gorge back down to the parking lot. It's, we didn't know what to expect, so we just like, yeah, let's do it. It was no big deal. I mean, you can really just walk in, check out the cave, spend some time there taking some amazing photos, and then leave the way you came. But definitely don't blow it off. It was, it was really, it was wonderful. It well, was it sounds wonderful. to me like this sustains multiple days and perhaps multiple trips. I mean, this is not a two-night stop, I don't think, if you want to well, do, do it right. It it depends what you want to do, right? If you, we were fine with the three nights we spent because that's why we were there was to hike and to see what was the, what the state park had to offer. If you were there in the summer, there is so much to do outside of the state park. You could easily spend a week or 10 days in the Hocking Hills area going horseback riding, going kayaking, uh, going zip lining, going um, rock climbing, visiting towns and shopping and breweries. There's so much to do, most of which was closed when we were there because it was after Labor Day. So the season had officially ended. Um, so when I, I mean, Ash Cave for us, for example, you know, we were there for half an hour. Uh, because we didn't have little kids and we saw it and we took our wonderful pictures and chatted with some people and then we left. Um, you could really hit the seven 
features in three days and still have time back at the campground to sit and relax and have your campfire. And if you're there in the summer, you know, to go to the pool and do your laundry. Um, so it's, it's not big and spread out like Yellowstone by the stretch of the imagination. It is a relatively compact area. Um, so you, you really could do it in about three days if all you wanted to do was what we were there to do, which was the hiking. All right. Your next geological feature is the, in looking at your notes here, is the only yes. place you can't bring a dog. So tell us about this right. one so, and, and let the dog owners yeah. know what's up here. Right. So this is Conkles Hollow which is not part of the state park. I think it's part of the state preserve. And because it's under different jurisdiction, they don't allow dogs. Um, and we actually saw a couple walk up to the beginning of the path with the dog on a leash, read the sign, took a deep sigh, and turned around and uh, went back to their car. So dogs are welcome everywhere except for Conkles Hollow. And there is a gorge trail. You have two choices. There's a gorge trail, which is, straight and flat, also mobility accessible, um, or there's the rim trail, which is up above the gorge, which is about two and a half miles, and it said it's moderate, and we didn't, we didn't do that for time, but we chatted with some people who did the gorge trail, and they said it was only moderate because you have to walk up all of those stone steps to get from the bottom of the gorge up to the rim up above, and they said, yeah, it's a pretty view, but what you really want to see, what you're here at Conkles Hollow to do is to do the Gorge Trail, which is one mile, flat and easy for the vast majority of it. At the very, very end, um, it's no longer accessible and you continue to kind of hike in for maybe another tenth of a mile um, on a more rugged path that a wheelchair or a stroller couldn't handle to see another beautiful kind of grotto area with yet another different type of beautiful waterfall. Um, and we have this wonderful picture of my husband standing in that area. It's just us because we were there um, alone and the sunlight is streaming in and it looks like the site for like an alien abduction because like the sunlight is streaming right in on top of him. He's lit. He's standing there kind of looking and it's just a great, another great picture, you know, kind of for our photo albums of this is where the alien abduction took place. Cause it looks like it could take place there. Um, so, so if you're, so if you're afraid of alien abductions, you might, you might yeah, don't skip go there. Don't go to Conkles Hollow. Hollow. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, from there we drove, uh, and Conkles Hollow is a drive, um, away from the state park as was Ash Cave, but Ash Cave is maybe, I don't know, maybe five miles from the state park. Conkles Hollow is a little further. Rock House is the next one I'm going to talk about, which is even further, um, away from the state park. So it's another drive. And Rock House is you hike to an extraordinary cave that's halfway up a 150-foot cliff. Again, you're mostly uh, gaining elevation with these very well-worn um, stone steps. And this is a full-on cave, and I think it might be the only cave like this in the state of Ohio where it, you can enter at one end and you can go, walk straight through this long cave and exit at the other end. Um, and then there's a beautiful kind of crevice opening halfway through that is featured in a lot of the Hocking Hills kind of uh, marketing materials. It looks almost like a lightning bolt of an opening within some rock. And it's crazy. I mean, you can't see, you can see the light at the far exit end of the cave, um, but you can't, it's dark in there. 
and we heard doves, we heard maybe pigeons or doves, we weren't quite sure what they were, we wanted to make sure they weren't bats, which they weren't, um, but it's, again, we were the only ones there because of the time of year we were there. I imagine that experience could not be replicated, you know, during the height of the summer or certainly on a weekend, um, but it was, it was a really beautiful and interesting cave that made for some great photos. And that hike in is only a mile to get to the cave. Um, it's rated moderate and it's really only, I think, due to those well-worn stairs um, and some slight, slight hills. And these sound um, like such, they sound like such good hikes for kids too. I mean, for anybody, but you know, kids often need those, those kind of water yeah. features or the caves that, that, that's, Absolutely. that can make a big difference Absolutely. for a young hiker. Yeah. Right. This, this rock house for a young hiker um, is, would be great if they had, you know, good footwear, solid footwear, and we're willing to have an eye kept on them because some of these steps are, they're, they're built into the sides of the cliffs and they're a little tilted and they, you know, we hike with poles because um, we like the extra balance they give us, you know, for sure. Young hikers who you know can handle, hey, go slowly here. I want to keep an eye on you over there for sure. But to get to this type of cave with birds inside that you can't see, that you then all fly out at once. I mean, it was it was it was great. The only the only um, hike that I would not recommend bringing young kids is is the last of the the seven I'm going to talk about, which is Cantwell Cliff. And frankly, it was the one that we were uh, most underwhelmed by um you can do the rim trail or the gorge trail again it's up above or down below we did a combo of both and it was kind of we started down at the gorge and then we worked our way up to the rim so it was cool to look down to see where we've been um it's a two mile hike that the materials call difficult but we didn't find the terrain to be more difficult than some of the other stuff that we had done. It certainly wasn't, you know, very strenuous and you're not going to get out of breath. It's, I think it only is difficult because there is a section up on the rim and it's called Cantwell Cliffs because you're up above some moderate cliffs, but the trail can be a little narrow there. And I would say that that was probably where you have your, your highest chance of, maybe someone taking a step if they're not paying attention or if they're roughhousing or whatever in the wrong direction that you certainly wouldn't want to end up falling down this cliff. We didn't think it was, if, if you were to skip one, I would say skip the Cantwell cliff. That's great great tip. And opinion. you have a tip on the hiking maps as well, right? Which might be really useful yes. for people. So the hiking maps is interesting. So when you, when you, pull into the state park, either at the campground or even at the visitor center, they'll give you a, a map. And I, I'm a pretty visual person and spatial relations is my thing. And I had a hard time really understanding how the maps themselves worked because they reworked everything. And on the really the most popular sections of these various features, they want everyone going in one direction. So they want a loop to always go counterclockwise or clockwise or whatever it is. And it didn't make sense to us on the map. But then when we were down at old man's cave, for example, I could understand why they want everybody going in this direction, because if people are coming in both directions and now you're stuck behind a waterfall or whatever, it gets very crowded and very cramped. So they, they definitely want people following a trail and it's, they make it really clear on the trail which way to go. 
But when we hiked from feature A all the way over to feature B, it didn't matter which way you were going. It's really once you're at the features, they try to put it a little bit more under control, um, which again, while we were there and there was, there were very few people there, it wasn't necessary. Um, and there's no, you know, park police telling you, you can't go left, you can't go right. But we're, we did the right thing and we did what they asked us to do. Um, and it becomes a whole lot more clear once you're, once you're actually there hiking. That's great to know in advance. All right, we have more about Hocking Hills State Park. We're going to come back in a second with Ellen Brody from Free to the Airstream. Uh, but first, we have a sponsored message from our friends at Camp Spot. Let's face it, summers weren't meant to be experienced sitting at a desk or staring at a computer screen. It's time to call Time Out. CampSpot is here to help. CampSpot is an instant booking platform for camping across North America featuring over 140,000 campsites. Research and book the best campgrounds, RV parks, cabins, glamping destinations, and more to find your time out. Whether it's your next epic adventure, girls' night out, or family reunion, CampSpot lets you filter your search results by the type of getaway you want. Browse by location, price point, site type, amenities, and more. CampSpot also offers premium inventory, real-time availability, and no membership fees so that you can find the best sites at the best campgrounds for the best prices. Picture it now. Fresh air in your lungs, cool breeze in your hair, warm hugs in your soul, and that grounded sense of self you'll only find when you spend time out. Book your spring and summer camping trips now. Find your time out. Find your camp spot at CampSpot.com. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are going to wrap up the show with my good friend, Ellen Brody, uh, who I need to see in person again. It's been too long, but we'll we'll figure that out later. Yeah. And we want to just talk about some other things to do that are right in the park and then some other things to do that are, are really close to the park and just kind of can't miss things um, if you're going all the way out to Hocking Hill State Park. So tell us about the John Glenn Astronomy Park. Yeah, it's super cool. We noticed it on a map and we asked the park ranger, you know, what's this? And she told us and we went. It's five minutes from the main entrance to the park. And it's an intentionally dark part of the park with um, this really kind of cool circular wall to block out any ambient lighting that might be kind of coming in from the parking area. It's They, they put it there at the darkest section of the park where during on Friday and Saturday nights, from March to November, there are guided astronomy tours. Um, if it's a clear night, that's not a Friday and Saturday night, you might find somebody there with a telescope willing to let you look through. And it's just this wonderful, peaceful space to lie on your back and look up at the sky. It, we were there, unfortunately, on a bright, moonlit you know, Thursday, so there were no astronomy tours. Um, and then the clouds rolled in. It was almost a full moon, and then the clouds rolled in. So we didn't have a great sense of the stars, but it was so beautiful nonetheless. I mean, the light was incredible from the from the moon. We've got some really amazing pictures just taken on our phones. Um, and just to have that experience, it was my husband and me. There was one other couple there when we got there who left a few minutes after we arrived. As the clouds were rolling in, we chose not to take it personally. But just to have this opportunity to lie on your back in this space in the middle of this park in a space that is created for, you know, kind of quiet and, and gay stargazing and sky gazing. And you just have another viewpoint of this part of the world. That was, that was really beautiful. We definitely, if we ever go back, 
Um, we'll try to make it so we're able to go um, on a Friday or Saturday night um, to be able to listen to some of the astronomy talks because we do love guided star walks. Um, but it was it was a super cool experience. It was it was really lovely. It was lovely. Well, I also love that it sort of rounds out the things to do in the park in a really nice way because you know there are some places you go and it's just like hiking, hiking, hiking. And this sounds like a magnificent place for hiking, and I love hiking. But when we go on RV trips with our kids, we need other things to do besides besides hiking. And this is yeah. just a really cool, very different experience from the hikes that you might do during the daytime. So other things we don't want to miss in the area. Yeah. So, so there's a, if you're a motorcyclist and you have a fifth wheel and you bring your toys with you, I mean, there is a strong motorcycle culture in the area and it makes so much sense. I mean, there's the Hocking Hills scenic byway. It's 26 miles of rolling hills on hilltop ridges. And I mean, to be on a motorcycle, enjoying that just has to be as breathtaking. Um, there's a bike trail. So it's called the Hawk Hawking Adena Bikeway, um, which goes, uh, I think it's 21 miles long. And with the town of Athens, Ohio, right in the middle, which is the home of Ohio University. So if you're on the college tours and you want to check that out, it's a beautiful campus um, in a really kind of like prototypical college town. It was just brought a huge smile to our faces to be on such a gorgeous campus and such a, it just reminded us of, of our college years. Um, we did a portion of that hawk hawking bikeway trail. We hiked about, we, sorry, rode about seven miles specifically to follow the brewery trail that was on this bikeway. There are seven or eight breweries and a bunch of cider houses and pubs that you can hit on this bike path, um, we hit the one that was closest to us at seven miles in, but that was a lot of fun uh, to ride our bikes, have a beer, check out the town, and then scoot back to where the truck was parked. Um, we could have used our stand-up paddle boards on nearby Lake Logan. That was the recommendation from the park ranger, but we just decided we didn't have the time for that. Um, but at nearby Lake Logan, which is about 12 miles from the state park, there's a beach, there's a marina, you can uh, rent low-speed boats, you can go fishing, you can go swimming. Um, so that just looks like a great place to spend an afternoon. And then the entire area is filled with day spas and breweries and wineries and artist galleries. There's glass blowing. there's golf courses, there's guided rappelling and rock climbing. You can go on an ATV trip, you can go horseback riding. I mean, there's nothing you can't do in the Hocking Hills. That's how you could easily, easily spend a week in the season at the Hocking Hills and just have the time of your life. Um, there were what we passed by and saw that were closed. There were zip lines and petting zoos, a butterfly sanctuary. I was so bummed the butterfly sanctuary was closed. Um, there's just so, so much to do. And I would recommend that you go to explorehockinghills.com for so much more information. I mean, they have a really robust website and some really robust marketing materials that'll whet your appetite and you can get a sense of, you know, just how much there is to do there and just how beautiful it is. Well, you've got me also just kind of dreaming about what an epic trip to the Midwest could look like and could be. And I, you know, after all the years of doing the RV Atlas podcast, I know a lot of people do overlook the Midwest. And I know a lot of people from the Midwest feel like it gets overlooked. And, you know, we had an epic 
trip to Sleeping Bear Dunes National Lakeshore uh, and and to Traverse City. And I love Northern Indiana for RV factory tours and the RV Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And if you're, mm-hmm. you know, if you're thinking of of doing a big summer trip to the Midwest, there's some awesome things to do. And, and I'm just thinking you could go through Ohio and do this. You could go to Indiana and do the RV Hall of Fame and go to a, a Jayco factory tour, whatever factory yep. tour you want to do yep. based, based on what you will. Most of the manufacturers do it. Then you could head up into Michigan and do Sleeping Bear Dunes. And that would be an, an amazing extended summer trip. And I, I yeah, do feel – yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, and if you're and if you're an airstream owner, all the airstream owners know that you know Jackson, Ohio, is the mothership. So we didn't get a chance to you know check out the airstream um, museum, which is supposed to be fabulous and new. But uh, there's a special there's a special place in the airstream owners' hearts for Ohio. Yeah, and I just feel like part of the purpose of the RV Atlas is that, you know everybody knows that Yellowstone and Yosemite are magnificent, sure. and everybody knows Glacier is magnificent. But you know, the longer I do this, the more I realize there are amazing places for RV trips in in all fifty states, and I that includes Hawaii. Uh, and so Absolutely. I I really appreciate this like this deep dive into Hocking Hills State Park. I feel like it's just a, a perfect uh, addition to our podcast, and I think that people will listen to this for years to come and plan their trips to Hocking Hill State Park. So thank you so much, Ellen Brody. You're very, very welcome. It was my pleasure and um, happy to be here. Yeah. And you can follow Ellen on Instagram uh, at Free to the Airstream. Anywhere else or is that the primary place where you're documenting no, your that's travels? Where, that's, where our, uh, that's where all of our RV content uh, lives. It's Frida, F-R-I-D-A, um, Frida the Airstream. And um, can't wait to plan next summer's trips. We're already thinking about that. I know. I've been thinking about that too. I just mentioned on it's the podcast. Time. I know it's time. It's time to get a surf trip together in the RV for my boy. So thank yeah. you so much for your time today. And I really hope you'll come back on the podcast soon. I hope so too. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Alan. Thanks. Bye-bye. A big thank you for listening to this episode of the RV Atlas and a big thank you to our sponsors, to Neighbor, the Thetford Corporation, Camp Spot, Yogi Bear's Jellystone Park Camp Resorts, RV Snaphead, and Go RVing. To find out more about the topics discussed in this show, head on over to the RVAtlas.com. And to join the friendliest group of RVers, head on over to the RV Atlas group on Facebook. If you enjoyed this show, please consider leaving us a review over at iTunes. And we'll see you at the campground. <laughs>